Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And uh, Sid, the timer has begun. This is like an episode of 24. Beep, beep, boop, beep. Yeah, so it is, uh, this happens a lot when we're recording. Our kid has a lot of half days. Yes, yeah, on Fridays, they have half days a lot. I don't know why. I never know why. I mean, I'm happy about it. My friends, because I'm going to tell you exactly, I get her home earlier. I'm going to tell you exactly how long this episode is going to be, and it is 30 minutes. Because that's when we need to go pick up Charlie from school. So let's not waste any time with the usual, like, falderall and fiddly-dee. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a, a little uh, bit of a lighter episode, so maybe there is some falderall. Yeah. Like, I don't know about fiddly-dee. Let's not go that far. But yeah. uh, last week was heavy. Yes. Um, thank you for everybody who emailed about that, by the way. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, I don't know why that sounded sarcastic. I meant truly, thank you. Um, there were a lot of nice emails and responses that we got to that. So It didn't sound sarcastic. I don't, it can't, I don't know. It came out. I had a weird into, – anyway, the point is thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank. It really meant a lot to me. Everybody reached out about that, and I appreciate your support. And if you were worried, I am okay. Yeah. <laughs> there were some worried people. Let me – I am fine. So you can't Don't keep sitting down. Yeah. But I appreciate it. This week, we need something lighter. What's lighter than pink, Justin? Uh, pink makes you happy, right? Pink is pretty and soft and light I, and I fun. Guess. Thanks and to Lady, like parties and... Thanks to Lady Bird Johnson, who sort of got that whole thing started. Oh, are you going to give us pink. the history of the color pink? No, no. I think I read... I listened... Uh, I think I heard a 99% Invisible about it. I, okay. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. I, I don't remember. You our, know, it's interesting. Look into it. Okay. Well, the our kids like the color pink a lot. Uh, pink's never been one of my faves. I'm more of a purple fan. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite love the pink. Now, when I was little, all about the pink. You know. Yes. But there's a specific pink that has medical sort of like it's connected. It's in the world. It's in the medical world. Um, and that and so that's the pink I want to talk about. That's what this episode is about. A okay. pink called Baker Miller Pink. It's a specific pink? It's a specific pink. Have you heard of Baker Miller Pink? No. If you'd like to do a quick search, um, if there is a search engine that Justin has invented by now, uh, if you'd like to do a quick search for Baker Miller Pink, um, you can to see what it looks like. Okay. I'll do that okay. right now. Uh, it's it's a very bright pink. I, I don't know how to describe different pinks. It's a bright pink. It's like- It's not um, a soft pink. I don't know how you would describe it. This like, it's like pink- <laughs> I don't know. It's pink. It's pink. It's, it, can I say that I, it's Pepto-Bismol? Uh, yes. A lot of people have compared it to Pepto-Bismol. 
That is the that is a pink that it is. Um, so why am I talking about this color pink? What does it have to do with anything vaguely medical? Let me tell you. We're going back to the seventies. Okay? okay, it's the seventies. Doctor Alexander Schaus uh, awoke from his sleep with a thought. It is a simple thought, perhaps a little bit intuitive, maybe something that you know you, you would think. Well, yeah, obviously, um, but but it turned out to be a very important thought, and it was that. What if color, which we think can have an impact on our mood or our emotional state, what if that would therefore impact our behavior? What uh, if a color could change us? Mm, now, this is a concept that is not new to Sawbones listeners. We've talked no. about color therapy in, in different forms before. Yes. Like there's blue light therapy that we talked about mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Um, I feel and like there's another one, right? I think we've just talked about the general use in the past of colors as medicine. Like that looking at colors or wearing colors or being exposed to certain colors could somehow alter, you know, your state of being, your health, yeah. you know, make things better or worse. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, even prior to the 70s, uh, Dr. Schaus had been considering this relationship uh, since he studied psychology at the University of New Mexico. He had been thinking about like color and personality, color and behavior, like what this kind of relationship is he'd conducted studies initially where he asked people about their color preferences and then he would have them do like different personality tests, like a Rorschach test okay. or like the personality inventory, one of those big long, you know, the, the tests we all love to do on the internet that tell us what what types we are, gives a, give us numbers or letters or whatever, and then we can connect that to – Harry Potter characters or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that, I, people love those personality tests. And he was using those and connecting them to colors to see if like, if you if you ask somebody their favorite color, like I've already revealed, I like purple. Yes. What's, what's your current favorite color? It was always blue. red. It's blue. Now, now it's blue now because it's blue. Charlie made it Na- blue. Na- navy blue specifically. Okay, navy. Navy blue. Navy blue is your favorite color? What's wrong with that? I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Okay. What is the? What do you think that reveals about your personality? That Dr. Schaus would have opinions. That I'm attracted to judgmental women. <laughs> he, so initially, he was doing research on what do what does your favorite color reveal about you? What can we insinuate about a person's or assume about a person's personality based on their favorite color? Um, not that that's like a fun thing to do. <laughs> But no. but that was the original sort of track of the research, and then he began to consider sort of like a, the chicken and the egg phenomenon. Okay, well, if your if your personality influences what colors you are drawn to, okay, can colors actually change aspects of who you are, your behavior, the way you think, the way you feel, your emotions? Uh, is color reflecting an underlying hormonal and chemical brain composition that makes you know your persona, or is color causing those hormonal changes? I don't know. Like, if I like purple, so I surround myself in purple, is purple making me a certain Chicken way? and egg. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. This is not, uh, as you've already referenced, this is not the first time we've thought about this, that yes. maybe color has an effect on humans. We, we've done episodes before on color therapy and the idea that color could treat or cure disease. They can't. But we've done that <laughs> before. Um, but this particular area that he became interested in was uh, was a newer science at the time, and is known as behavioral photobiology. Okay. Okay. Specifically, the impact of what he referred to as perceptible radiant energy on our behavior. Okay. 
Got it? Yes. So you're not using color as medicine per se, but you're using it to change people's behaviors and actions. Okay. Okay. His research was really accelerated. So he had this interest, he had these ideas, um, and then he started working with a Dr. John Ott at City University in Seattle in 1978, and the two of them were studying the impact of different lighting on people who were incarcerated. The Mm. idea of, like, if we have, like, um, fights or outbursts or behaviors that we don't want, um, you know, inside some sort of facility, Mm -hmm. if we change the lighting... Does that help? I mean, I will speak for myself. I fluorescent light does make me like feel violent. Like it makes me want to punch somebody in the face. I can't stand it. I don't know if that was. I mean, I didn't look into the lighting part of their research because I was really focused on the color. Sure. But I mean, I'm sure that was part what's of what's worse. I mean, like, like what's worse? I mean, bright lights in general are rough for long periods of time. I think. Yeah. Um, I you know me though. Sydney gets on my case all the time because I like it. Dark. Well, I think you go to the other extreme. I'll come in the kitchen and it's just like, it's just so dark. And it, it's like we're, it's daytime. We're awake. Turn things on. There's sun. There's, let the sun There's do not job. enough. I need more. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Ott said there was some research that he had done where he was looking at not just light, but color, specifically the impact of color on strength. Okay. Whoa. Yes. So the idea is. Are you weaker while you're looking at one color than a not, like a certain color instead of a different one? Okay. So he would try to repeat these results, by the way. And these studies, I, I love these studies. This is this was so fun to read about. And you can look at these studies. They're they're out there. You can read them. But basically, you get a bunch of people, usually like college students or the aim of this, like that, that's who they did these studies on. And he would have them like do a hand grip strength kind Mm -hmm. of test, like how, you know, squeeze something that you could measure how strong, how tightly you're gripping it. Um, And he would do it, like have the people do it while they were looking at a pink square and then at a blue square. Okay. And compare how tightly they could squeeze (laughs) whether they were looking at the color pink or the color blue. Um, They tried a similar thing with like, Leg strength, like the, like the thigh muscles, like if you're like extending the legs against weight, like, li- you know, using your thigh muscles to lift weights. Yeah. Uh, what, how well, how much weight can you lift? How quickly can you do it? How efficient are you if you're looking at a pink square versus a blue square? Got it. Okay. And he, uh, and he even like, he tried to replicate it on himself by looking at two different colors and measuring like his pulse and blood pressure. Yeah. Like, do you see changes in these vital signs when you're looking at different colors? The results were interesting, for sure, but not overwhelming in the sense they didn't prove anything. Um, There was a slight improvement in strength while looking at the blue square. Interesting. Not a huge, and not a huge number of people and not a huge difference. So hard to say that this definitively is proof. But if you do need to be strong and you can see something blue, I think it's worth a shot. <laughs> right? If you need to be strong and you if can you see something blue. If you need to lift a car off your grandma. You hope that car's blue. Yeah. Um, but not again, not a huge difference. Is it difference. true that people can get superhuman strength in times of great need? I Not, I mean, you can. Saw that on the Hulk. <laughs> not, not like lift a car, perhaps. Bill Bixby said lift a car. I so. mean, well, you're still like limited by the actual like, how your your own musculature and body and stature and stuff like that like there are limitations but like a rush of adrenaline will push you i mean 
I, anyway, this is like a different that one episode. time I saw. Um, there could be a change if that you one are. One time like, I saw a mouse in the pool skimmer, and I jumped like so far, and I don't think I could do it again, even if I tried. Like super sympathetic nervous system activation, super like human. No, not superhuman, certainly. <laughs> but you like your your super. own peak. You said super. Per- I mean, like your own, like super for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low bar. Your own your own peak. <laughs> performance perhaps <laughs> you may not like it Sydney but this is what peak performance looks like <laughs> um anyway so he like I said he wasn't he you know it was interesting he liked some of the results but they weren't they weren't enough to say for sure um and then he thought you know there wasn't much of a change with my blood pressure and pulse that one he didn't really notice any difference but instead of just like at baseline, what he did was he did a bunch of like vigorous exercise mm-hmm. and then he looked at the two different colors to see how fast he could calm himself back down. Like mm-hmm. how fast could his vitals return to normal while looking at pink versus looking at blue. And that he did notice a little bit more of a difference in, you know, if I look at the pink, my vitals come down faster, it seems like. Okay. Um, it's an N of one. It's on himself, but he thought it was interesting. So. This is when he awakes with this epiphany. It is at this period of time that he wakes up and he thinks, if looking at the pink helped lower his vitals faster after exercise, right? His blood pressure and pulse return to normal faster. Then it calms you down. Then maybe it could lower blood pressure and pulse in people who are like, let's say, emotionally agitated, you know? Okay, yes. Or frustrated or under a lot of stress, right? Not just like they've exercised, but other things that would cause those things to go up, right? And so- it, and when you make a person physiologically more at ease, when you bring down their blood pressure and pulse, they're going to feel calmer. So perhaps you can influence their emotional state and therefore their behavior by exposing them to a color. Okay. So could pink calm people down to the point that it would quell violent or aggressive behavior? I don't know. Well, that's what he wanted to explore. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That so that that is exactly like this is how he got to this question. Because okay. it's it's sort of a weird question to ask. Like, and you, I mean, and often in science, it's like this. Somebody comes up with a study question and you're sitting there thinking, why did you ever, why did you, why did you want to investigate that? Yeah. And it's usually a series of things like this that lead you to this sort of core idea that seems bizarre, but when you, you know, piece together the breadcrumbs. Anyway, so step one was to, was finding the perfect pink. He felt like pink was the thing, but which pink? Because there's lots of pinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. I was. Tr- I really wanted a description of this process. <laughs> like, was he mixing pinks? I mean, he, I, ultimately, he found it by like mixing two cans of yeah. paint in the right quantity, like yeah. a, you know, pink and red, and or I mean, red and red and white, and making pink. So uh, that was what it was. But like, how did he? I in my mind, it's like you know, on Project Runway when they would send them into mood fabrics. And they yeah, would like yeah, let yeah. them run around mood and they would be like dashing around <laughs> looking at fabrics. In my head, he's doing that. What? He's like wandering around mood and looking at different pinks and he's like, that's the one. What I don't think that's what happened. Like, has there ever been a more advantageous like placement of product in a show? Like it's so weird that if I was in New York and I needed fabric, I would be able to say, oh, well, we could go to mood fabric. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so. I know what mood is. And I don't know. I've never sewn. I can't make anything. I, I don't have any design skills. I have no... I don't want to. Yeah, don't want to. But I know that. Anyway, so somehow, whether he was running around a fabric store, probably just mixing cans of paint together, honestly, is what he was doing. Uh, he located just the right shade of pink. It was called, at the time, P-618. Ooh, <laughs> sexy. Um, the name gets better. 
Okay. But at the time, it was P618. Um, and now he needed to test it out on real humans, right? So, like, yeah. he's got his pink. He needs to see, can it calm people down? Can it make them not be violent? Uh, and he initially tries to sell the idea to the Washington State Criminal Justice Training Commission because he already taught a class um, through them called Innovative Treatment Techniques and Correctional Research. So basically he has this relationship and he's like, can we try this out by painting one of your isolation rooms pink? Yeah. And just see if it helps an incarcerated person calm down faster if they're in a pink room. This is what he proposes. And they say, no, you can't paint an isolation. No. No, you can't paint a room pink. No. And this that was a place of business. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, okay, cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. To- no, I'm joking. Obviously, something else happens. But first, got to go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm John Moe. My show, Depression Mode, is all about mental health. And this week, I talk with Amanda Knox. She spent four years in an Italian prison for a murder she didn't commit. That's a lot of trauma, and she's okay talking about it. If I touch on something that you'd rather not get into, just say so. We'll cut the whole exchange out. But it also seems like you're pretty open, <laughs> open about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am having trouble imagining anything that you could talk to me about <laughs> I that know, I... I know. What are we going to throw Amanda Knox with? <laughs> Depression Mode with John Moe, only on Maximum Fun. For over a decade, MaxFunCon has been an incredible weekend of learning, connecting, and laughing with folks in the MaxFun community. And, if all goes according to plan, the last regularly scheduled MaxFunCon will take place in Lake Arrowhead from June 3rd to June 5th, 2022. We have a very limited number of tickets remaining. To make them available to the maximum number of people, We'll be opening our waitlist for tickets on January 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific. That'll be your chance to be first in line to purchase tickets, and we'll go down the waitlist until we're at capacity. More details at maxfuncon.com. And mark your calendars for Sunday, January 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific. Okay, Sid, you were saying... Okay. So they, they wouldn't let you. The, the drama of this is they weren't allowed to paint a room pink. Dr. Shouse is not allowed to paint. That's the cliffhanger. They won't let him paint a room pink. I'm putting the stress on the they man, won't. The man won't. But somebody else sees this research. Somebody else hears these ideas. The, it's a, and it's a flamingo. The U.S. Naval Correctional Center in Seattle kind of catches wind of this. Hey, He's like writing about, about it and talking about it, and they hear about it. Did you hear about this guy who wanted to paint a room pink? That sounds good to us, right? Yes. Specifically, two guys, Commander Miller and CWO Gene Baker, are like, I love this idea. They didn't, they, like, they didn't even call him. They just went and painted uh, one of their admission cells pink. Yeah, we they don't need this it. guy. That's great for science. <laughs> Dr. Shaw later was, so was like, oh, well, no, he was excited because like, I didn't tell them to do it. They were so compelled right. by, you know, this idea that they did it on their own. Like, that's perfect. Like, your idea is so great that you don't even have to sell them. Oh, Commander Miller and CWO Gene Baker. I just got it. Okay. And so they did it uh, March 1st, 1979 was when the room was fully painted and ready for use. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the next 156 days, they claimed that there were no incidents of, quote, erratic or hostile behavior in that cell. Interesting. That is what they claimed. Now that's a small sample size, but still, it's interesting. Yes, uh, and then and they sent out a memo about it. And as you can imagine, once Doctor Shouse heard about all this, oh, he was excited. Oh yeah, so moved, so moved by what these guys had done that he named the pink Baker Miller Pink. There you go for these two for these two guys. Um, it would still be a difficult sell, not impossible now because like the Navy tried it. <laughs> And they liked it, mm -hmm. which is a little bit easier when it's like, oh, well, well, maybe we'll check it out. Um, because he needed to reproduce it. I mean, he was being a good scientist. He was like, that's that's cool. I love this. But that doesn't prove anything. Okay. Which is a theme. If you read, like, what he says about all of this, he consistently says, we haven't proven this yet. Yes, this is interesting. I still think there's something there. We haven't proven it. So he's not, you know, he's not jumping the gun. He's He knows. Uh, but anyway, so he's trying to get it to be reproduced in other facilities so he can see if there's actually something to it. 
There were a couple correctional facilities in California that eventually adopted it and were like, yeah, we'll paint a room pink. We'll check it out. He convinced a uh, psychiatric hospital in Alabama to do it in one of their intake rooms. Um, a VA in uh, Los Angeles set up like a whole series of different colored rooms so that they could kind of compare I guess, like mm-hmm. the pink room, the blue room, the red room, the brown room, I don't know, um, and see is one better than the other. Uh, there was a, a youth detention facility in California that started using a pink room as like a place to calm, like, we need you to calm down, come sit in the pink room. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even like one. That's kind of like the one time I was on shrooms and I got really fixated on that green room. Yeah, the green room was very safe. Yeah. So uh, there was even like this one incident where during a trial, like in a courtroom, there was a child involved in the case and mm-hmm. the judge had the the kid go sit in the pink room to calm down because he was becoming, he was having outbursts in the courtroom. Um, and they claim like, and he came back and he was very calm. Um, I think I read about that and I thought if you're in that situation, which I mean, we can all agree that. I'm just talking about pink rooms. There are problems in all of these things we're talking about, right? Like none of this is like happy and fun and everybody has the best of intentions and everything is done for the well-being, you know, the best yeah. well-being of everybody involved. I think we can all agree on that. But if you're if you're that minor and they send you the judge is like we're going to have you go sit in a pink room for a little bit, that would seem so weird. I You'd mean, probably come back like, am I not angry anymore? I'm just sort of like confused and uh, and unsettled. Yeah, it's like, like kind what's of your deal, man? Yeah, what's this Kubrickian horror you right? put up for me? Exactly. Like, there's something very dystopian about to the pink room. To the pink room, right? So I would imagine that there's some. There's got to be Send something. Send this boy to the laser zone. <laughs> well, he'll be in prison for a hundred eons. There has to be some aspect of that where, like, you hear whispers. It's sort of like in 1984 when they talk about what is it, Room 101? Yeah. I guess. And you don't know what's in room 101. I'm not a big movie guy. It's there's a book. Who's There's the, the time? it's a book. Who's got the time? You didn't read the book? I mean, I saw You the, know what's in I, room 101. You've you've you have blocked it because no, 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 of I, how horrible it was I saw the for Apple, you. I saw that Apple commercial and I figured I got it. You really don't know? Throw, throw a hammer through the screen. I get it. No, but I've heard enough people on the um, in like different protests mention it that I feel like I really understand what it's about. It's mainly about vaccines, right? All right, you're just messing with me now. In all these settings, the officials reported that there were improvements in behavior. This was subjective, to be fair, right? Like, I mean, yes, there are incident reports when things happen, but there's also a subjectivity to like what escalates to an incident report, and you know that kind of thing. Um, so there is a perception issue here. Um, They say they had less fights and arguments, that people tended to have fewer violent outbursts. They tended to calm down faster when they were experiencing extreme emotions. Generally, they they all liked the pink rooms. Um, Johns Hopkins would take this in a a slightly stranger direction. Uh, They noticed this other sort of side effect where people claimed that they felt less hungry when they looked at the color pink. Weird. And so they did a four-year study on 1,700 people to see if it could suppress appetite and lead to weight loss. Huh. Did it work? Maybe. (laughs) I I was trying to read, like, what were the results of this? And they were like, a third of the people seemed to feel less stress and, like, decreased appetite, perhaps. I don't know. 
I don't think we have, none of this seems to be particularly like robust in terms of evidence. Let's just say that. Um, because, and I mean, I don't know if everybody was just sort of thinking like, are we still just looking at pink? Is that really what this is? We're just looking at pink. Um, so from all this research, the idea became more refined. It wasn't just pink. Um, obviously, it's a specific pink. That was very important. It was thought that a smaller room worked better to kind of like engulf you in the color. Mm -hmm. And similarly, they said like it works better with one person in a room to allow them to calm down as opposed to a bunch of people. Like imagine like um, uh, like a some sort of whole I don't I don't know anything about jails, but some sort of holding cell where you would have a lot of people. I know that those exist where you would have a lot of gen, people in there. Gen pop. If 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 you paint that room pink, they don't notice as much of an effect. Um, I would say it's because it's a bunch of people all crammed into a small space, which is very stressful. Yeah. Uh, they also said they think it breaks up the monochromatic element because you've got people and clothes and, you know, yeah. that introduces a lot of other colors Too much into the room. other things other than vying pink. for your yeah. engine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because of this, there was increased uptake, though. Like, if you look throughout... Like the 80s, the, especially the early 80s, Baker Miller Pink starts showing up in different places, like specifically, quote unquote, drunk tanks, leading to the name, the alternative name for Baker Miller Pink, which is drunk tank pink. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, this became popular in some places to paint your drunk tank pink um, to calm people down. Uh, this is different, uh, by the way. When I started thinking about like jail's painting things pink. I started thinking about that that awful sheriff in Arizona in Maricopa County who like mm. made made people who were incarcerated wear pink underwear. Do you remember this? Yeah. And he had an outdoor tent city that that awful guy. Anyway, um this is different than that. This yes. that that I think was like a homophobic punishment was the intention whereas this is like some sort of science-based effort to help people calm down. Right. I just, I wanted to, as I was talking about this, I was like, uh, you can draw this connection and I wanted to make that kind of clarification. Now, um, here's the rub. So this all sounds really good, right? Like, the good, end. you just paint a room Thanks pink. Thanks so much for And if you love the color pink, this is awesome because now more things are pink. Uh, however, even Dr. Schaus was not entirely certain that this was working. So he started repeating some of these experiments and uh, found that, you know, not only do I think maybe this doesn't work, but he started to fear that it was having the opposite mm. reaction. That for like the first 15 minutes, the pink does calm you down. Which again, I don't know if that's just confusion. Because if somebody threw me in a completely Pepto-Bismol colored room, I know I'd have a moment where I'm like, okay, okay, what is, what is, I don't know. Wouldn't that confuse you yes. for a minute? Okay, but after that first 15 minutes, um, some facilities actually reported that the person would become even more angry than they wow. were before. Okay. So it like, was already like a some sort of mild effect to begin with, right? So, yes. Yeah. So like some sort of rebound effect. Like hmm. they would become very enraged by the pink hmm. after the first initial calming period. But even that, there isn't enough to like prove that that effect happens. The idea is, does it, does it do anything? Is yeah. it anything other than confusing? Um and to his credit, like I said, Schaus himself has always doubted that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It was interesting. We did these studies. I'm not entirely sure. He noted throughout his papers that there are a lot of variables that you're not controlling for. There's a lot of different things that could have influenced why somebody calmed down or somebody else didn't. And it was not scientifically possible to absolutely conclude that it worked, even if it seemed like it did. Um, 
And, uh, you know, not not only that, but he did make this point, which I think is very important. And he said this over and over again, especially when it started to be used in sort of these juvenile detention facilities, that it's nice if a pink room helps, but this is not a treatment. You know, yeah. this is not this is not in place. This does not replace any sort of therapy. And he said, no color can substitute for the attention that any human asks for while in a state of turmoil. I think that's a really important point to make. Yes. It, it removes some of the dystopian aspects of this, I think. Um, and he also noticed noted that in subsequent experiments on pink versus blue and muscle strength, again, trying to see what's stronger, you know, what will make you stronger. This is all predicated on a belief that blue is the opposite of pink. Oh, yeah. Is blue the opposite of pink? No. It is not. It is not. No. Some sort of green shade would be the opposite of pink. Yeah, that's true. So if you really wanted to see a difference, you would have to do – I mean, like, we pick pink and blue because that's a a social choice. Yeah, it's the gender attachments. Yes, but not not because that was – that is not the most scientifically sound way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, the opposite of pink is green. Yeah. Weird. So he so you really if you wanted to do these studies appropriately, you should have done pink and green. But we don't have the same societal attachments to green. Right? Because right. green green doesn't mean like masculine. Yeah, right. Green means science and red means math. Green means money. <laughs> and red means blood. I play a lot of video games, so those well, are the only. Well, the, in my notebooks, my folders and my binders, green green mi- means science, red means we math. We have 2 minutes. Anyway, it was redone. These studies were – so he, that was kind of where Dr. Schaus left it. He went on to do other things. Like most of his papers published about this are from the late 70s, early 80s, and then he moved on. He had other, he had other work to do. Uh, it was redone about 30 years later by a psychologist, Oliver Genschau, and he found absolutely no difference. That the pink doesn't – no, there's no effect. It's just – it's pink or it's blue or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So is that case closed – Not quite, because in 2011, there was a Swiss psychologist named Daniela Spath who wrote about her own experiments, um, but she used a different shade of pink. She said the reason it didn't work is because if you, again, if you look at Baker Miller pink, it's quite bright. It's a very bright, vibrant, I would say somewhat, I don't know if colors are stimulating, but to me, I would call it a more stimulating than calming sort of shade of pink Mm -hmm. if those things exist. Um, She painted uh cell walls cool down pink was her pink which is a different pink and you can look it up it's much softer it's a much paler pink and this uh happened in switzerland they did it in 10 different prisons they were observed for four years the guards said they they noticed a difference Hmm. i don't know if it's statistically significant but they thought there was a difference um however the idea of baker miller pink has not gone away just a few years ago kendall jenner painted a wall in her house baker miller pink to calm her down and suppress her appetite. They did an article about it. Best of luck to her. Yeah. So so it hasn't gone away. I think there was a hoodie that was made in Baker Miller Pink too. The idea being like wear this hoodie and it will really calm you down when you're feeling stressed. That sounds like something that would be on many websites. <laughs> that, that tracks. Yeah. Um, and if, if, if all of this you're thinking doesn't sound right, I think it is fair to point out, as I sort of already alluded to with the – the jail in Maricopa County that was mm-hmm. doing this is like a punishment. You you can't erase the kind of like our social connections to these colors. Mm-hmm. You know, in the time period we're talking about, the early 80s in the U.S., pink is a girl, quote unquote, girl color. Blue is a quote unquote boy color. I mm-hmm. am not saying I believe this, but 
these would have been the sort of attachments of the time. Um, and so there is this sort of like inherent kind of misogyny and homophobia to this idea that pink is weak. Yeah. Pink makes you weak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blue makes you strong. Yeah. You know, and this is, um, I think it's interesting because this is sort of echoed in. Did you know that the, the University of Iowa football team in the early 80s. No, I can go ahead and say, no, I did not know, but go on. <laughs> had their locker room, their visitors, let me clear this, visitors locker room at Kinnick Stadium painted pink. To try to make them weaker. Well, <laughs> that's not what they said. The coach said it was because pink was a calming color and it would make them calm and they would lose their competitive edge because they were so calm. Sure. Just like Baker Miller Pink. I mean, yeah. you're, we're looking at the same time frame. So yeah. he had research to back up these claims. Um, in 2005, they even added pink lockers and pink urinals. Huh. Um, now, this is not Baker Miller. It's a Dusty Rose. Oh, you used to love that jam. I love Dusty Rose when I was younger. Um, but the idea is the same. Now, I think a lot of people have accused them over the years of like, this is, you get why this is so yeah, offensive. Because yeah, yeah. what you're saying is, it's we're, we're going to paint it girly pink because right. yes. girls are bad. They're bad at sports. And this is why you're doing, you know, I mean, like that is the implication here. And I'm not saying that the University of Iowa stands by it by saying like, look, it's just in good fun. It's funny. We have a mm -hmm. pink locker room where you don't mean any harm. Everybody's great regardless of their gender. This is not aimed at anybody. Yeah. I think there are others who would argue otherwise and have. But uh, since the early 80s, I thought it was worth mentioning Dr. Schaus, unlike many of our uh, Sawbones featured guests, <laughs> is alive and well and continues to do research in other areas like nutrition and behavior and that kind of stuff, supplements and stuff. Good for him. Um, moved away from Baker Miller Pink, but Baker Miller Pink lives on forever. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sawbones. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks to taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thank you to you for listening. We very much appreciate you. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.